0: Amen, amen, thank you so very much, thank you so very much, welcome to Rock Creek Family Church tonight, so good to see everybody, uh, so good to, to, that you guys are, are able to be a part of us and when you're with us, you're family, right, Rock Creek family, so uh, the the joke's on you, <laughs> suckers, you're part of our family now, you can't get out, ha <laughs> ha. No, we're just glad, that, uh, glad to have you, glad, glad for you guys to be a part of us. Hey, happy 4th of July, right? Happy 4th of July. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got fireworks ready to go. Right? If, if you do, you, you took out a loan. Them jokers have been expensive lately, right? Now, we're going to have a good time here in just a little bit with some, some good food, good fellowship, good fun, good fireworks, a lot of good things, right? But before we get into that, we got some more good things, some really good things about how we were just going to celebrate the Lord, celebrate the one who has allowed us to be here at a time in which we can worship God freely. So we're going to be very thankful for that, very, very thankful for that blessing for all those that, that served and, and went before us and, able, and helped us to be able to do this and keep this freedom. Thank you so very much. God's blessings to you. And we have a, a, a very special friend of mine, Jeff, who's going to come up and he's going to give his testimony in what God has been doing for him. So if you want to go ahead and come on up, make your way, Brother Jeff. And as he is coming, I also want to welcome... Uh, another very special guest, and that is uh, Brother Don and his wife Tarina. Did I get that right, Tarina? Yes, I'm I'm rehearsing it down there, making sure I didn't call you something else. So thank you so much. They've been in pastorate for a long, long time, and now he has just moved into a new role working there with Gospel Light and Champion College as their head baseball coach. So if you talk to him real nice, he'll slide you some free tickets on how to get in, right? (laughs) Right. So thank you so much for being here. What an honor it is to have you guys. And then we got another very special guest coming on up. I'll introduce them here in just a minute. But as of right now, for right now, Brother Jeff, it's the floor is yours. Thank you.
1: Thank you. When he asked me to speak tonight, it was a, uh, you usually think a testimony is a, opportunity to bless somebody. But my testimony and him asking me tonight was a was a blessing to me. Anytime I get a chance to tell my testimony. And he also instructed me that keep in mind that we're eating after this. So that being said, I feel blessed. And um My whole life, God has never forsaken me. Even when I didn't deserve his mercy and his grace in my life, he has always been there. And the other church that I attended before I came to this one, right down there on the corner of the community of Christ, my family built that church. Um, So it's my family church. But God called me, for some reason, to come here. And he, he started that a long time ago, and it was in the back of my head. And I I kept on thinking, man, I really need to go there and check that place out. I don't know what it was. It was just a pulling, But I am, I'm super grateful I'm here. But it's like a lot of things that God's done for me in my life. But at that church, they asked me one time to also give a little bit of a testimony. But they said, God, Jeff, we're we're looking for somebody, you know, we'd like to ask you if you've, you know, if you could, you know, testify to some time maybe in your life when you've been frustrated with God. Uh, it kind of set me back for a minute because I was like, frustrated with God? Well, what are you talking about? And I honestly couldn't think of a time I've been frustrated with God. But I kind of understood where they are coming from. If you understood my life and some of the things that have happened in my life, I could understand where somebody might say, Hey Jeff, have you ever, you ever been frustrated with God? Let's see. My parents were divorced when I was six. Moved from California, away from my grandparents. That uh, meant the world to me. That were always there. That were the one spiritual influence in my life at that one point in time. At the age of nine, I was diagnosed with diabetes. Type 1. Back then, let me tell you. Having diabetes wasn't the piece of cake it is today. And I say that because I got like two or three devices attached to me right now that basically give me a normal life, but that's a blessing from God. He also gave me, when I was diagnosed with diabetes, a mother that never stopped praying for me and never left me. and happened to be a registered nurse. She recognized it early on. And she has been there for me each and every day. That was a blessing that God gave me. I think often in our lives that he doesn't give us things. I don't believe that we have a God that causes us cancer, or anything like that. But he's given me other hiccups in my life. He's given me a, uh, because of my diabetes, like I said, I don't think he gives them to me, but I've gotten, should I say, I I misphrased that. But my kidneys failed later on in life. I lost a career with Lowe's after 14 years of making very, very, very good money and buying things I did not need. But he's always blessed me. I've always had a roof over my head. I've always had everything worked out. On top of my kidneys failing and having to go to dialysis, I lost my leg. Had to have it amputated. I know. I jump around here and I'm all spry and everything, so y'all just think I like the pirate look by kind of limping around. But you ask yourself, you know, how could that be a blessing? that you lose your leg, but it was. God blessed me with that. Every time that I've had something that's come against my life or whatever, I've never blamed God. I've thanked God for the way that he helped me get through it. That he gave me a mother that was able to care for me with the thing, I think. You know what, a year after my leg was amputated, After three, almost four years of dialysis going each and every day, I got my kidney transplant. You know what they told me when I went there to get my kidney transplant? That they finally called me. And they said, Jeff, if you hadn't got your leg amputated a year ago, we probably wouldn't be able to do this transplant for you because you've been a high-risk situation. And the doctor's a little picky about how they give kidneys out. They like their odds to be pretty, pretty good. Not only did I get a kidney, not only did I have a leg amputated that allowed me to get a kidney in the long run, he gave me a kidney with a perfect match. The doctor told me. If it had been a brother or sister, it wouldn't have matched that close. So I look at that, and I, I can kind of see where people could kind of look at your life in a, in a reflection and go, you know what? Yeah, you probably got a little flustered with God, didn't you? no I never did when any of those things ever came about came to me maybe not my diabetes at the age of 9 but when all the other things came on later in life when I lost my career when I when I lost my leg when I had to go to dialysis I never got frustrated by it. I prayed that he would help me through those situations and you know he did He did every time. My leg amputation couldn't have gone any better. Crystal clear. Dr. Young was able to do miraculous things that he didn't expect. No infection whatsoever. No problems whatsoever. Dr. Young I don't know if you've ever seen an amputation, but they kind of cut it off there. It looked like a little smiley face on the end of my leg. That's what I thought it looked like, kind of like a worm. But they have big metal staples on there, and that's why I kind of thought it looked like a metal th- I mean, metal staples going all the way across it. First time I went in to see after Dr. Young, after the follow-up with the thing, he said, well, I'm going to go ahead and take the staples out, Jeff. I said, all right. Not thinking much about it. He took him out. Nurse came back in there. You're not cleaning. She goes, she goes, well, you're a miracle. She said, you, he's never taken staples out this early, and you being a diabetic, that's just unbelievable. But God had healed me that much that I was able to do that. You know, the first time I got my prosthetic leg, I got it on a Friday. That Monday, I was able to walk myself into dialysis on my own power, by myself, on that prosthetic leg. My physical therapy team said, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Well, the Lord told me I could, so I did. You know, there's a time with my diabetes when I was, I guess I was about 13 or 14 years old. That, uh, having a bad time with it, mom had to take me to the emergency room. Evidently, my blood sugar was somewhere up around 700 to 800. Back then they couldn't give you exact numbers because they didn't have all the science they had, but they knew it was really, really bad and that I was, I was in bad shape. So the doctor ordered instantly for me to obviously be put on an IV and to be put on an insulin drip, okay? Understand, I'm kind of blacking out at this point in time anyway. But God blessed me with another miracle. You know what happened? The saline solution that they were supposed to put onto me was a pure sugar drip. Should have killed me. But you know what? Another exact mistake was made by the nursing staff that day. And they didn't put they didn't put me on an insulin drip. They put my insulin straight into me. A full bottle of straight insulin that should have killed me. The doctor told my mom that. My mom being a nurse knew that either one of those two things should have killed me. For the medical team that was working on me that was an excellent medical team to make two exact mistakes at the same time, it's America. That's God. That's God being in my life. I can look back upon my life many, many times and there's a lot of opportunities that I shouldn't have been here. That was one of them. Another time here in Hot Springs when we come back to visit on a, on a vacation and mom and dad had gone to They'd gone down to Montgomery, Alabama to find us a house because Dad had gotten based there for a year to go to military school. And I said, I'll stay with my grandmother. Right down here on Mary Anderson Road. And she had two big apple trees. And guess what we were doing? We are slicing apples, putting them on the roof. She had big old sheets. She put it out on the roof. And she she sliced them apples and... As I was younger, she'd go, all right, Jeff, you go up there, and I'm going to hand you the baskets you put the apples out. Gotcha, Grandma. I'm with you. So I loved my Grandma. She was extremely close to the Lord. That's not why I loved her. I just loved her at that time because she was my grandmother, and I loved her. But she'd hand me those baskets up, and I'd put a few of those apples out, I think it was two for the roof and one for me. Two for the roof and one for me. Two for the roof, one for me. Well, guess what? Apples are pretty healthy for you. But you eat that many apples as a type 1 diabetic, and they have a lot of sugar in them. And they tend to go a little crazy in your body. And once again, they shot up through the roof. My blood sugar through the roof. My mom wouldn't here. My aunts and uncles all knew that I hadn't, done, I hadn't taken anything. My grandmother knew that I hadn't eaten anything crazy. Should've, should've shot my blood sugar up like that. But I got very, very ill. They sent me to the hospital, or took me to the hospital. They took me to the hospital. Once again, I was blacking out on the table don't remember much of that evening I do remember the words being said we're losing him and i know that my aunts told me that you know they went out and told them you need to call his mother and i don't think he's going to make it through the night two days later i walked out of that hospital At the age of 19, I was about 50 feet in the air in a cherry picker with a chainsaw still running with an 18-inch diameter tree branch sitting on my chest with the cherry picker exactly sideways. Dangling. I woke up. There it was. I could hear the chainsaw still running. Should have shut off. But the way the branch hit it, it was still going. Didn't know if the chain was moving or not in the bottom of the basket. I knew the tree was sitting on top of me. The branch was so large that it took out a chimney totally, wiped it clean off the roof as it swung down. And hit me in the cherry picker and that chimney. But it didn't eject me from it because of the Lord. I walked away with that with some extremely bruised ribs. But that was it. I should have died. I flipped a car right up here around the corner. Because of a low blood sugar, because of my diabetes, before I had a little, my mother that kind of sits with me all the time, that beeps at me whenever it gets low. So if y'all see me acting crazy and it gets low, which some people have lately, it took care of me. But at least I know it, but I didn't then. I flipped the car three times. It ejected me out of the seat with the seat belt that was on ejected me from the vehicle and I had a bruised tailbone. Paramedics didn't know how I survived the low blood sugar and the how I got out of the car, they said they don't know. They, they can't explain it. Unexplainable. And how you landed like you did and everything was okay. Now, any one of the miracles that have happened in my life, like my leg getting infected and have to be amputated, which I didn't realize it was doing. I just thought I felt kind of achy. But just happens that day I had to go to the doctor, and he caught it. What are the odds? I'd have sat there forever and just thought I had a, you know, I'm a stubborn man. Any one of those things you could put up to, ah, that was just a coincidence. But my whole life is a testimony to when God never forsake me, never left me, even when I probably didn't deserve it. And I never once, for what he did, blamed him for what happened to me. I thanked him for the opportunity to make it through it and that he was there with me so I could make it through it. If you, anyone in this room, looks back in your life, there's some, probably some crazy things. My whole teenage life, I should have died the whole way through it. But I didn't. And I look back on my life now and I go, there is a God. He does love me. He has something for me to do in this world. And he is not done with me yet. And I've had a pastor that told me that. He said, you're going to be around to do what you need to do. He told me. I don't resent the things that have happened to me in this life because that is what it is and those are the scars that make me who I am and give me the opportunity to testify to you today and tell you that God loves me, he loves you, and he's got something planned for each and every one of us And life isn't easy. But with the Lord by your side, you will walk, I will walk through it. You just got to believe. You got to believe the glass is half full, not half empty. I'm glad he loves me I'm glad he loves everyone I'm glad that he's given me these and believe it or not I thank him for it every day I thank him for the trials and the tribulation I've got to go through (laughs) I thank you I thank him for his word every day and I thank him for Job (laughs) because when I was down in my dumps all the time and going through it, I go, you know what? Lord, I don't have it as bad as Job did. And I still believe in you and just as he did, as he still believed in you. And that's a testimony of no matter what happens in your life, Believe he has a reason. Amen.
2: Thank you. Children's Church.
0: Amen. God bless your wonderful testimony. (laughs) Love
3: you. Love you.
0: Love you. you. At this time, I think Pastor Jonathan is going to take Children's Church. I'm going to take them in there and rough the kids up. Now, kids, do not go sampling all the food before we get in there. (laughs) Not fair. (laughs) All right, as they're going, it is going to be such an honor and a pleasure to introduce our our, our wonderful friends and family, right? To come on up from Grace Apostolic. we've got the worship team. If you will go ahead and come on up, we'd love to have you. They're going to sing a song that uh, God's laid on their heart to give us tonight, so y'all come on and get ready. Go ahead and give them a hand as they're coming up.
2: We are actually all family So I thank God that's me and my wife, our five kids, my sister and her two kids. And I thank God that we're all here serving God. Because there's, I was thinking back there, there was grandparents and great-grandparents that had prayed for us. That we would come to and be in a church and worship thank you all for having us tonight we're excited about worshiping with you you know on this day of freedom on independence day I'm I'm so so blessed but I'm more blessed because God gave us freedom that we we have freedom to live for him. Because there, there was a war one day. He stretched out his arms and he died for us. Uh, worship while we sing, Egypt.
4: A cloud by day, a sign that you are with me, a fire by night, a guiding light to my feet.
0: Blame you, I'd probably mess it up. Good job, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Good job, guys. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, good to be in the house of the Lord. And I, whenever we, uh, Pastor Jonathan and I kind of got together and decided, hey, let's see if we can switch it up a little bit and change our morning service into the evening service uh, sounded, uh, like a, sounded like a pretty fun idea until at 4.45, I'm already awake thinking I've got to start getting thing, things in gear for Sunday morning service and, and getting my little prayer time out going and all that stuff. And, and then I realized, oh, wait a minute, I can turn over and go back to sleep. But how many of you know when, you're first, when you wake up like that, you can't ever really go back to sleep? That's how I know I'm getting old. All right. That's how I know that, and uh, I also have to go to the bathroom, which really wakes me up. Mm, you know you're getting old whenever you're lay there, and the debate gets shorter. <laughs> Used to, I'd, I'd fight, I'd debate, and I, I can handle it. Now it's just like, nope, just go ahead and go. All right. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Even though it was a little bit weird not going to church this morning and... and uh, and actually had to do a couple errands and going by and seeing some other churches that were going and we were, it was kind of a little bit weird, but I'm really glad to be here tonight, really glad to be here with you, really glad to be here with all of our very special guests and, and how you came and blessed us with testimony and your presence and your song, thank you so very much, we hope to to bless you back with some, some good soul food here in just a minute, all right. Good to have you. Thank you so much. Happy 4th of July to every single one of you. I hope and wish that you have a very fun and safe holiday. Um, And then, hey, before you know it, summer will be... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting the look. I can't say that. (laughs) I'm getting the look. Don't say that summer's edging out. All right. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start reading at verses 28... And 29, we'll go on down into Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read the first three verses there. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 28, 29, and then going on into Matthew, plowing into Matthew chapter 8. If you got it, say, I got it. All right, Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. We're going to jump on into Matthew chapter eight, verse one. And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, "Lord, if you are willing." You can make me clean. And then Jesus put out His hand. Aren't you glad you have a Jesus that fights your battles? All right, a few of you. How many of you are glad you have a Jesus that knows how to roll up His sleeves and go to work? Then Jesus put out His hand and touched Him saying, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately, His leprosy was cleansed. Heavenly Father, we love You. We thank You. We come before You to say, God, how much we need You. How honored we are to be in Your presence today. How honored we are to get to serve You in any capacity, any way that we possibly can. Thank You so much for allowing us this this opportunity to to praise You, to worship You, to, to read Your Word, to get closer to You, to get closer to each other in the body of Christ. Thank You so much for all of those amazing things that You afforded us through a grace that still daily amazes me. Thank You, Lord. We pray, God, that You would take this Word... And that You would blow Your Holy Spirit over it and into our lives as we receive it, as we open up our ears and our minds and our hearts to receive this Word. God, I know that Your Word is already blessed. I don't have to ask God's blessing on it, but what I do ask is that You would align us up underneath Your Word, Your will, and Your way so that we can take that blessing and do something with it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say amen. 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 Have you ever seen someone outside of the normal place that you see them and it has taken you back or it makes you... Think, wait a minute, how, how do I know that person? How many of you are like me and you're not always the greatest with names? And so you kind of know someone in, in, in that moment. Like I know when I meet that person at this store, that person works at this store and her name is Clarice and I always know that. But if I ever see Clarice out at a different place, I don't know Clarice's name. Okay, y'all are apparently a whole lot holier and better than I am. My phone has little notes in here that I have got people, especially when I've started, now that I've started working for FCA, I am meeting tons of new people all the time. Half of my memory in my phone, I had to get rid of music so that I could start putting people's names in so that I could remember who they are. And I would even put little notes in there like, like Don, he, he's, uh, he is the man, the myth, and the legend. Right? He is, he, he, he's got muscles and he's got charisma and I put all of those things in there like that. So that I'll know when I see Don out that I know who Don is. But if I don't do those things, my, the names kind of leave me and my brain goes through this little thing like Wheel of Fortune. You all know what I'm talking about? You ever see somebody? You're like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, their name is the uh, who, who is uh, name starts with a T, I think. There's a T. There's maybe a, a, an L in there, and uh, uh, maybe Talina. Talina, is that you, Talina? Like, she's like, no, it's it's Henrietta. <laughs> way off. The other day, I. Uh, had seen someone that I always knew in one area of life. And when he ran into me in Walmart, I was actually taken aback. Now, this used to happen to me when I was a kid. And you see your teacher or something at Walmart. Y'all know what I'm talking about? As a kid, you're like, okay, I know the teacher here at school. But when I see the teacher at Walmart, I'm thinking, how are you here? You're supposed to be there. If you're a teacher, say amen. You know what I'm talking about, right? You get this look like, whoa, you mean you live outside of your classroom? You, you actually do things outside of the realm of that classroom? And I ran into this gentleman, and he actually he ran into me, and he called me out first. The bad part was that he knew my name, and I did not know his and he's calling me by name, and how, yeah, this is all great, all right, and I'm, the whole time I'm thinking, Who, what is your name, what is your name, what is your name, what is your name, what is your name? And I'm afraid to call him, so I do those things, maybe y'all don't do it, but I do those things like, hey man, guy, what's up dude, bro, and this whole time I'm thinking maybe he'll just just tell me his name, you know, for some weird reason, or God will write it in the sky, but it never comes and so the only thing I knew him as his, was his nickname. And his nickname is Holy Moly. And it's because he has a really big mole on the side of his face. And I knew him from a church situation. So his nickname is Holy Moly. But I can't call him Holy Moly because I'm taken completely by surprise and I don't know how... This is what I'm going to do. So I just kind of stay at a distance from Him and I don't get super personal with Him and call Him by His name because of my lack of mental capacity to do that. And so after Holy Moly gives me a high five and He leaves, um, I'm I'm thinking this whole time, Who, what was it, who was it, who was it? And then the next day I see him in his normal situation. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's who it is. And I set that up. I say that to set this up. That we read this passage of Scripture where... Jesus has just finished His Sermon on the Mount. And I'm going to try not to hold you too long because I do have something very special to do. I should have announced this earlier. But uh, we are going to have a baptism. What an honor and a privilege it is to baptize two people unless anybody else has brought their bikini. Then you can jump on in afterwards. Uh, Kathy, you said you looked at me like you brought your bikini. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are going to get to have a baptism here and get, it is my honor to baptize two people and one of them happens to be my youngest son, Eli, and so what a privilege and an honor it is to, to baptize your own son and to be there in that moment. It, it really is. And, and he had actually come to me a little bit ago and um, there was a Hillsong song that had talked about uh, belonging to the body of Christ and, and hit it belonging to Jesus and our identity being found in Him. And he come to me and he said, I want my identity to be found in Jesus like that. And I thought, well, what a time, what a time for us when everybody else is confused about everything, he finds his identity in Jesus Christ. And so what an honor and a privilege it is. Here we have Jesus in His Identity, but yet people are not really recognizing him for who he really is yet. Jesus, in His Sermon on the Mount, is, is expounding on the law and, and the word and the will and the way of God in such a way that a lot of the people are like whoa this is blowing my mind I thought you were just some carpenter dude and I thought you were just this guy that 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 I knew and I passed by Walmart and I say hey bro what's up and now all of a sudden you're pouring out this wisdom and this knowledge in such a powerful and profound way that that you do this in a way that it really has taken me aback and really what they're saying is, is that, wow, you don't even belong in this realm. The scribes and the Pharisees and the religious people, they, they, they teach in, in certain ways, but you just take it so much further and do so much more with it. Because you see, when it comes to the teachers of the law and just like people, there were, there were three categories of people. In that day, and when I say people, I mean the the religious people. And the first category of that are those who act like they have it all together, but really, deep down inside, they're a mess. Right? Those that, that, that really act the part and can really stick their chest out and poke their nose in the air and talk about how great they really are. And they can talk the talk, but the walk seems to not ever be there. How I many of you know somebody like that? Don't look to the right or left. Just say amen. <laughs> right? You know someone who says, yeah, I can do that. I'm, yeah, that's me. I got all of that. I got that handle. But yet, when it really comes down to it, there's not much there. And unfortunately, there's a lot of church folk like that because if we're not careful, we have this, we have this play that we have to perform to act like we've got it all together. There's this, there's, this, there's this idea that if I let anybody know that I struggle with anything, then I might look a little bit weak. And it's called uh, being transparent, which leaves us very, very vulnerable. We don't like that. We got to be hard like that. We got to make sure that everybody knows we got it all figured out. We got it all together. And if we're not careful, we will allow that to creep in to our hearts and our lives. And really, when it comes down to it, we're missing out on a big opportunity. A big opportunity to let God help me in some areas that I've acted like I'm fine in. And a big opportunity to even let some of God's people help me out in that. If you don't have someone in your life who you can be completely honest and vulnerable and transparent to, you you need to get someone now. All right, I'm glad three or four of you are all right with that. You need to get somebody you can trust. Someone who's not going to look down on you. Someone who's going to be, it's going to be all right. let's, Let's work through this thing together. Because they were used to people, these religious leaders who who really acted the part. But hey, Jesus said it this way. Man, you look like a whitewashed tomb. You look great on the outside, but on the inside, you stank a little. It's just the bottom line, right? And so they were used to that. They were used to having people who acted the part. But here's Jesus who's actually even almost doing it the other way around where He has he has lived before them for 30 plus years. And as He's lived before them and they know Him and they remember Him from school and they remember Him from Little League and they remember Him from everything they're thinking, wow, He's actually walked this out and now maybe, just maybe there's some reason why there's an authority to Him that we never picked up on. But then even that took them aback because that made them think of the second kind of people that they were used to them getting taught the Word of God, the laws of God, and that is those that really do have it, but they're so egocentric that they just keep it to themselves. Right? How many of you have ever had a teacher who was so smart and so good but they were absolutely horrible at teaching you something. Nobody? I got one right in mind right now. Dude was brilliant, but he could never connect to us on our level. He could never get it down to on our level. I had a college professor like that. Oh man was brilliant. He could, do, he could perform that equation and that formula like nothing. And then he would perform it, draw a line, turn around, sit down. Y'all got it. Move on. Class dismissed. And I'm still going. What? Now, let's start back with the first part. And then they give you that look like, well, if you were where you ought to be, then you should know that. And here's my thought. Let's just pretend for a second I'm not where I ought to be. Because I'm finally past the point of acting like I am after the first F in the class. First F I ever had in my life. My parents just now found out that I had. I still haven't even told them. College chemistry. First F I ever had in life my life. I never even hardly had to study. And I bust up in that class like I got it all together. And after the first test, when the, when the professor says the average test grade was 57%, and I was sub-average. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how far down I was, but I was down there. I was in the slum. And so when he goes over the test and gives that look like, y'all got to know this stuff. I was like, okay, all pride out the window. I need you to help me. Let's just pretend I'm not where I need to be. And I need you to get me to where I need to be. Couldn't do it. There was no connection there ever. Brilliant. Had to retake the class, and the next one was so much better. The next one was so much better, which leads me to that third person. That third person that, that really does have it. They have it all together in some form or fashion. But not only do they have it all together, they have this way of reaching you where you are and picking you up and making you a better person when they're finished. How many of you like people like that? You seek people out like that. Those are people who we call that have charisma. They're very charismatic. There's something about them that just makes me feel good when I'm around them. There's something about them that just makes me say, Oh, wow, thanks for picking me up and taking me where you are. There's something about that. There is Jesus. That's my Jesus. It would be so easy for Jesus to come down and say, hey, you, 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 you stank, you're wrong, bye, see you later. I'm only going to get the couple of people that have it all completely right, and I'm going to take them, put them on my team, and then we'll go through, blaze through life, and we'll do our own thing. But He did not do it that way. In fact, he did something a little bit outside the box by actually allowing people who did not have it all together to get close to him. And when they could not get close to him, he said, that's okay, I'll come to you. How many of you are glad that you have a Jesus that's willing to reach you when you can't reach him? Because there are times, even as a pastor in 25 years of ministry, there are times I can't get to it. There are times I'm, I, I, I recognize just how little of me there is. And it would be really easy to put it all in a nice, neat package and suck it up and blow it up and puff it up and tuck it up. See, that's the world we live in, right? We don't have to look good, but boy, we sure got to look like we do. Right? Right? I've got on Spanks right now. <laughs> I know, I got to get in that tub later. I don't want any of y'all looking at me going, woo. Because <sighs> we got to look good, right? We got to look like we got it all together. And here is Jesus on a mountain telling people the laws, the commands, the words of God in such a way where he's talking to them in such an authority. Such a right and an honor to be there. And it's totally different. It's like he's taking the law of Moses one step further. See, Moses went up the mountain, talked with God face to face, and then brought that law down to the people and said, hey, here you go. And then let me go up and let me talk to God again. And then me and God are going to get together. And then I'm going to come down and I'm going to say, hey, this is what God says. And then here is Jesus busting out on the sea and saying, hey, I'm on the mountaintop. Every one of y'all come on up here. What a, what a mind-blowing concept that He's allowing people like this to come up where Moses got to see God face to face. And here is the literal face of God saying, come up to where I am. Come up to where I am. Because when we say authority, when they say authority in the Word of God, what they're really saying is that, that God, I know You're up there and You have power in that realm. But how often is it do you have power in this realm? Like there's this huge distance between. And this is where we enter the man with leprosy who says something we have all thought before. God, I know you can. But will you? Don't look at me like that. There ain't a person in here that hadn't come through a part in their life where they thought, God, I know in that realm over there you can but can you in this realm here it's kind of like seeing that teacher when you're six years old and you see the teacher in Walmart you're like how did you get here I know you have authority in that realm at school but here you, you're here you mean you can connect that you can you can reach me, you know where I live, you can make this connection, you can walk where I walk and talk where I talk. You mean you eat I'm looking in your buggy, you like Mr. Goodbars too? Really? Jesus is showing up and saying, not only am I powerful in my realm up here but I'm powerful in your realm here. And then a man with leprosy, some, some would say walks up, but I would more say scoots. I'm not going to go too gory details because we're about to eat fish. But man with, in fact, if you look up the original language of this, he's in, in the latter stages. Of leprosy. And if you've never googled latter stages of leprosy, if you got a weak stomach, don't do it. And we're talking about a man who can barely scoot himself places. We're talking about someone who has lost everything. A man who has lost his family. He can't even give his family a hug. He can't even go home. He can't even go sleep in his own bed. hasn't been able to in a long time. He's lost his family. He's lost his friends. He's lost his ability to take care of himself. And I don't know about you, but for a man, that's a big deal. Man, you don't have to say a word. I'll hang up here all by myself. That's a big deal to say that I can't take care of myself and I can't do that. You don't know, knock your pride out from underneath you. He had nothing. And not only did he have nothing in the physical sense, he had nothing in the spiritual sense because he could not go to the church and get well. He could not talk to the priest. He could not have the priest lay hands on him. He could not get prayed for by them. Why? Because he was dirty. He was unclean. He didn't even have anything Anything altogether. All he could do was cry from a distance. Y'all stay away. I'm nasty. I'm unclean. I'm cursed by God. Maybe unlike Jeff, he was a little frustrated. Because I'm trying to figure all of this out and I've got nothing but just a little bit. He's only got parts of his. He's, got, he's missing parts of his body. He's missing all of his family. He's missing all of his friends. He's missing the ability to, to go and earn and make a living. He's missing a purpose. His only purpose is to get up and make it through a day, to go to bed, to maybe do it again tomorrow. That's his only purpose. And he shows up somewhere in the vicinity of Jesus coming down the mountain. And I'm about to tell you how amazing our Jesus is. Where he lifts his head and he yells, I'm unclean. And here comes this multitude, this crowd of people. And he's having to yell, Stay away from me. Y'all go away. Y'all stay away. Y'all get out. Get out. Move out. I'm dirty. I'm contagious. I got COVID. I got a full body mask. Don't come any closer. And from there, from wherever how far he was, he yells out with a worship. With a worship. And says, Jesus, if you will. I know you can, but I'm here with the big question. Would you? Will you? And when it says worship, what it means is he's, he bows himself down. And he puts his face in the dirt. To be quite frankly, it wasn't very far for him to do that. It was as if he was saying, Jesus, I don't have much, but I'll give you, with, I'll give you what's left. Give you what, I'll give you what's left of me. I'm in pieces, I'm in shambles, I don't have much, but I will give you what's left. And he lays it down as himself and says, will you? And the word will you, that, that phrase, will you do this, actually takes up another meaning to the word Power. And what, this is, what he's really asking is that I know you have the power to touch me. I know you can in your realm. And I know you are doing something down here in my realm. But can you raise me up to your realm? How many of you have prayed in such a way where you think, alright God, I know you're good and you're up there and you're great and, and maybe if I can just kind of maybe tickle your fancy enough you'll come down and do something good for me. But then you kind of pass it off like, ah, but I don't, know if, I, don't, I don't know if I deserve that or not. And Jesus shows up to hear this, will you do this? The word, that phrase means, will you delight? Is this your delight? Is this what you've determined to do? You know, like we've prayed a thousand times. God, if it is your will. How many of y'all prayed that before? If it be your will. God, if it be your will for me to drive through Shipley Donuts, let there be just one car. I know I'm on a diet, Lord, but if there's just one car, I'll take it as a sign. Right? Isn't it amazing how we take the will of God and we try to put it down to where we are when Jesus is really trying to say, that's not my will. Instead, my will is to take you and raise you up to where I am. And so the one who fights for us, the the way maker, the one who deserves all of our praise, which we've sang about all night long, doesn't just from a distance say, alright dude, you're good. But spans the distance and walks to Him and touches Him and raises Him up and says, now i got a purpose for you. Now you go. If you read the next verse, he says, now you go to the priest and you tell him what's going on. In other words, you go somewhere where you've not been able to go in a long time. You gave me what's left and I'll make you all right. Amen? Amen. Now you go. I'm giving you access to go somewhere you've not been able to go before. Because I have the authority to do that. And not only will I do that, but I delight in doing that. You realize that is one of God's greatest delights is to work in your life and cause you to be more than you ever thought possible. Right? That he sees something in you more than you can see in yourself. And if he has to work on you a little bit, he's willing to do that. That we have a God who is so willing that He actually says, I'm determined to work in your life. Another part of the song that says, when we don't see it, we just trust you're working. Right? How many of you ever wondered about Him being not just able to touch you, but determined to work in your life. Can you go ahead and go get Eli, get him all ready. Make sure he gets his soap and shampoo. Shane, you can go ahead and get ready too, brother. I'm going to ask Evan, yeah, y'all go ahead and come on up. just want to stretch the way you think for just a second. When this man says, are you willing? This piece of a man (laughs) who says, Jesus, are you willing? Jesus didn't debate with him and say, well, you know, when you get it all together, I'll come meet you. Before Jesus ever said a word, he'd already covered a distance that this man didn't even know. Can you imagine being someone who you don't have much left and you've bowed yourself in worship before your only shot. And as you lay there just with a hope that maybe something would be different, the very first thing that you look up and see are His feet before your face. And as you look up and you see His feet before your face, you start to wonder, oh no, what's this, What's going to happen here? And the next thing that you feel, you don't even hear anything yet, You the next thing that you feel is the powerful hand touch you right where you were rotten. And isn't it amazing how worshiping at the feet of Christ will end up leading you to the face of Almighty God. Jesus looks at him and takes his head that's probably full of dirty bandages and he raises his face up and he says not only am I going to touch you but I'm also going to raise you up and cause you to go places you've not been able to go. I'm determined to work in your life. I am determined to work in your life. I am so determined to work in your life at my lowest point when I am sweating out and praying out and crying out great drops of blood. I am so determined to work in your life. I'm going to say not my will, but His will be done. But Your will, O Heavenly Father, my Father, be done. I'm so determined that I will not let death or hell itself hold me back from working in your life. I'm so determined. I'm so determined. Somebody in here needs to hear tonight that God is absolutely determined to work in your life. And you may not have had it all together and god is just saying that's okay bring me what's left and i'll make you all right would you stand with me they're going to sing and do a little worship i'm going to step aside and get ready then we're going to do some dunking eli you ready as i get ready i just want to invite you to just sing and worship and give god Give God a worship. Give Him a praise. That He knows how to work in your life. He knows how to not just work in His realm. But He knows how to work right where you're at. And raise you to where He wants you to be. Worship Him. Worship Him.
3: I could sing an Nindy song I could sing an ending song Of how you saved my soul Well, I could dance a thousand miles Because of your great love to tell of all you've done of how you changed my life and wiped away the past i want to shout it My heart is bursting, my heart is bursting, Lord, to tell of all you've done, of how you changed my life and then wiped away the past. Everybody's singing now. Everybody's singing now. Cause we're so happy. Over us, unseen angels celebrate. For joy is in this place.
0: To come on up the stage. You can get close. I'm going to invite everybody else. If you want to watch from wherever you are, that's fine. But I ask you to do one thing I ask you to celebrate. Celebrate what God is doing. Celebrate what Jesus is doing. Celebrate how He is determined to work in your life. That He won't let you go even whenever you sometimes don't have it all together. Amen. Amen. Alright, y'all come on up, family if you want to come on up, go ahead, if you want to sit you can sit, you want to stand, praise, run around, dance, whatever, do whatever you feel like you want to do.
2: If only we could see your face. If
3: only we could see your face. See you smiling over us. If unseen angels celebrate. For joy is in this place. I could sing. In these songs of how you saved my soul
5: It's a a wet mess up here, but for good reason. Amen? Amen. Praise God. What an amazing night, and I'm so glad I got to share it with all of you, and God's presence has been here. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you, God. We thank you for this night of celebration, God, and we thank you for the freedom, God, that we have in you. God, thank you for what you're doing in this place and what New beginnings you have already brought to each and every one of us, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, God. We are so grateful and so thankful. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the praise. Amen and amen. Oh, I forgot. We need to bless the food real quick because we're about to eat. We got to do that. Yes? Okay. Okay. We're going to line up down the hall whenever we get out here after I finish blessing the food. And then we're going to sneak in there and we're going to grab some delicious food that's been blessed and prepared. And it smells so good when I was in there hanging out with the kids. I I don't like desserts. I was smelling the desserts. I needed the desserts in my belly right away. So a lot of good food, though. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be great. Let's bless the food. Would you join me? Father God, we ask God that you would bless this food, God. God, that you would bless the hands that prepared this food, God. God, we know, God, that this is going to be some delicious food. And God, I just pray, God, that you would, God, use it to fill us up. God, bless the fellowship that's going to happen, God. I'm so grateful and thankful for the fellowship that we get to have, the coming together, God. That is what you have called us to do, to come together into fellowship. So, God, bless the food, bless this fellowship, bless this evening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen thank you so much for listening to the rock creek family church podcast i'm pastor jonathan again and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us we ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out also if you would rate it and comment let us know how god has blessed you through this podcast we love you we thank you have a blessed day